everybody. This is Mark. Welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. I'm a little bit late getting this podcast out because, well, I had a stomach bug like crazy. Aren't you glad you tuned into this podcast to hear me talk about being sick? Yeah, it was no fun. But I wanted to get this episode out to you just in time for the weekend. Today I want to talk to you about, well, it's really a follow-up episode to last week's episode on choosing who you want to lose with. I had a couple people ask me a version of the question, okay, so if I want to choose who I'm going to lose with, how exactly do I go about doing that? Like, how do I know I'm making the right choice and so on and so forth? So I'm going to give you my thoughts on that today and talk a little bit more about this and its impact in my own life. And so grab a notepad or... You know, if you have one of those photographic memories, you'll be all right. And I want to talk to you about that, ways how to choose who you're going to lose with. So we get into that here in just a moment. You know, the more I talk about this with people and the more I put this into practice in my own life, the more I recognize that you really do have two choices to make in any career, any well, life situation. You can allow other people to dictate to you on using you know, the pressure of, well, you'll lose with me if you don't do what I say. You can have them dictate the direction that you go and be dishonest or disobedient to your calling and the direction that God may be leading you. Or you can actively choose to obey God and choose then which crowd you're going to lose with. You're going to lose either way. You just are. And so I'm going to hopefully give you some ways to take a little bit of that pressure off. That uh, Maybe a formula that you can follow uh, and make it your own. And see if maybe that will help you if you're struggling with going in a direction and making sure like, should I even be doing this? Do I have the right to do this? Do I have the authority to do this in my life or in my ministry? Again, I'm going to be talking primarily to pastors in this episode, ministry leaders in this episode, but I promise you that the principles apply across the board. So if you're um, a mom, if you're a husband who attends church faithfully, but you're not a pastor, you're not in ministry leadership, I promise you, whether you're an employee or an employer, these things will still apply in your life. I can guarantee you that. So first of all, I want to just stop and acknowledge those who have recently started listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening. I would love a chance to get to know you. Send me an email, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. Let me know where you're listening from. Let me know how you heard about the podcast. That would be awesome. I don't know if anybody's actually going to do that. I wonder if there's an easier way for people to make that initial contact than email. Every time I think email is dead, I'm reminded people use emails like all of the time, but maybe there's an easier way, a better way. I'm not entirely sure, but I am I am thinking about it. But anyway, I would love for you to reach out at thispoorpastor at gmail.com. Just shoot me a quick email. Let me know your name and where you're listening from and how you heard about the podcast. All right, so... This idea of choosing who you want to lose with is, again, as I said last week, something that has come up in my life over and over and over again. And 
the times when I make the right choice here uh, are the times that I feel the most free. Um, not that that needs to necessarily always be the, the, you know, the litmus test of whether it's right, but I felt the most free, the most energized, the most engaged, and the most hopeful in what I'm doing. The times when I tend to feel the most stuck are the ones when I am blaming other people for the situation that I'm in. Here's, here's something that I want you to remember. If you're feeling stuck in your ministry, you're feeling stuck in some area of your life, and when you and I blame other people, the person who is to blame is the one who bears the responsibility for making it right. I want to encourage you to consider accepting the blame for you being stuck where you are in life. It's easy to blame other people. How do I know it's easy? Because, man, am I good at it. But if I accept the responsibility and the blame for being stuck where I am, then I can take the responsibility to fix it. I can take the responsibility to do something different. I have friends who listen to this podcast who have patiently and kindly listened to me at times when I have felt stuck, blaming other people. And then one day someone said to me, who exactly is stopping you from making these decisions? And I said, well, you know, this person over here is not going to like it, or this person over there is not going to be happy with it, or I might, or I might lose my job, or I might this, or I might that. And they said, right, but who's actually stopping you from making the decision? And no one was. I was allowing myself to be immobilized by fear. And it was easier to blame other people than to take the blame and with the blame, ho, 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 comes the responsibility and the power to do something else. Then you're forced to have to make a decision what you're going to do. But if you choose to stay in the situation that you're in, it's because you chose, not because someone else did. So that's not always an easy thing. Pastor, I hear you. It is easy for us. I'm one of you. It is easy for us to blame the people for uh, for how we feel stuck. And there is always some validity in that, I suppose. I mean, even Moses, although everything Moses said, just because he said it didn't mean it was true. But even Moses, you know, went to the Lord and said, you know, why did you call me to lead these people? These people are knuckleheads. They don't want to do things. It's also true that other people's decisions caused Caleb and Joshua to be stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And so, yes, other people's decisions can have an impact on where we are. But the majority of the time, even in ministry, Pastor, we are allowing ourselves to be stuck because we lack the will or the permission, or the understanding that we have a tremendous amount of both power and responsibility. So I want to give you a simple uh, list here of ways that you can, how you can make that choice, how to clear, have a clear set of steps uh, to go on to get out of the situation that you're in, to lead boldly in your church and to make the choice by following these steps, you'll be, you'll be identifying who you are choosing to lose with. It will be clear. You'll know. And knowing is power. So first of all, I would say how to choose who to lose with would be identify your calling. 
I touched on this in last week's episode, but pastor, identify your calling. You are not the shepherd, but you are an under-shepherd in that flock. And many times pastors can get, can get um, well, they can get beat down by a Miriam and Aaron or a Sons of Korah who say, who do you think you are, pastor? What right do you think you have to lead? All the time using those attacks as a mask for their own desire to lead. See, somebody's going to lead. Somebody's always going to lead. The question is, who has God placed in this position to lead? The Holy Ghost makes elders overseers. So again, I'm talking to a lot of pastors of smaller churches, um, but you are an overseer. The Holy Ghost made you an overseer. I know there are knuckleheads out there, but I'm not going to let those knuckleheads scare me away from my calling, from what I'm supposed to do. Any more than doctors quit being doctors because there are quacks who claim to be doctors. Bad doctors only necessitate the importance of good doctors. Because if all the good doctors quit because of bad doctors, all we'll be left with is bad doctors. Pastor, do not abdicate your Holy Spirit given an appointed role as the leader, an under-shepherd over the flock of God simply because there are men who abuse that position. We need you in that position. So identify your calling. But also, what I mean by identify your calling, what exactly is is your calling? What is you called to do? Are you called to be a dictator? Are you called to do whatever you want to do? Most pastors aren't trying to do what they want to do. Most of them don't want to do the things that they're called to do because they know how people will respond. But see, since the pastor is not the head of the organization, he's an under-shepherd, really, the choice for us is whether or not we're going to obey the boss. Imagine an assistant manager who is given instructions by the store manager to relay to the, the night crew, but the assistant manager knows there are some people on the night crew who won't like what they have to say, and maybe they won't like the assistant manager as much. And so because they're afraid of hurting the feelings or angering those who, on the night crew, they make a, an executive, air quotes, decision not to relay the information that the store manager uh, relayed and expressed as needing to be relayed. I would argue, and as would any other reasonable person, that the assistant manager doesn't really have the authority to do that because he's an assistant manager. He's not the store manager, okay? God is the store manager. He's the owner of the company. And he speaks to people, through people, usually through a very small group of people, to lead a larger group of people. Pastor, if you know that you have been called into that position of leadership, then you are not the, co- the store manager. You're not a co-manager. You're an assistant manager. There's no pressure for an assistant manager. An assistant manager just has to say what the boss says. So be confident in your calling. I'm an assistant manager. And my job is to spend time seeking the Lord for the direction that he would have this church that he has made me an overseer of 
to go and then relay that information to the people. Moses went up on the mountain and came down and delivered the news to the people. And I don't think it's at, it's saying too much to equate our leadership with Moses. Moses was a, a class in leadership, whether it's Moses or Joshua or the apostle Paul. Uh, remember, somebody is going to stand up to lead if you don't. But who is the one with the responsibility to deliver the direction, the message for direction to God's people? It's, it's the assistant manager. And pastors, that's you. Now, this goes the same for the home. This goes the same whether it's a mom or a dad. This, go, this is the same um, when, you're, when you're a boss uh, and, and you're the one that has to make the decision, then, then make it. But even so, as a Christian, we're always seeking God's direction and we're choosing, the, we're, we're choosing whether to obey or to disobey what God is saying. So identify your calling. Be confident in your calling. Don't let anybody come to you and say, well, you just want to do things your own way. You could very easily turn that around and say, the only reason you're upset is because you want to do things your way. The question is, who's the one here who has been given the responsibility to um, express God's direction for this congregation? And it's not the charter member of the church. It's not the man with all the influence because he has 10 families who come and they listen to him. He is not the one that gets to decide. Not because he has influence, not because he gets angry. He's not the guy. Okay, so identify your calling. Be confident in that. Some of us need time. And I would be happy to talk with you about it. If you want to talk through how to regain that confidence in your calling, please reach out to me and I would be glad to talk with you about that. I think I can help you. So secondly, once you identify your calling, then define the goals. What is it that God wants us to do? What do you believe that God would have you to do in your life? Pastor, mom, um, small business owner, whatever you are, whoever you are listening, what is it that you feel God wants you to do in your life? And I know some of you aren't going to like the term feel that God wants you to do in your life, but you know what I mean by that. God leads us, God directs us. What is it that you feel God wants you to do? Pastor, what is it that keeps coming back to your mind that I really feel like God would have us to make this change and to do this in, in the congregation? And, you know, it's the, church, it's the church doesn't belong to the people. The church belongs to the Lord. And so sometimes people say, well, this is our church. We don't like how you're changing it. Wrong. It's not your church. And if it is, I'm in the wrong place because I was called to lead God's church. Right? So... I know there's a lot more about that, but I'm just going to move right along. Define the goals. What is it God wants you to do? So who's the one that has the, the calling? Def identify your calling and define your goals. What does God want to change? Sec so thirdly then, then set your course. Set your course internally. This is what God wants us to do. Here is where we are. Here is where I believe God wants us to get here is where I believe God wants us to be. How are we going to get there? Well, we're going to get there by following God's direction and taking courageous steps in the direction that we believe God would have us to go. So identify your calling, define your goals, set your course. Number four, this is really important. Are you ready? Let your obedience and direction decide who you're going to lose with. You're just obeying the Lord. For years, I've been amazed 
at the boldness of Moses when he came down from the mountain and he saw the people dancing around the golden calf and Aaron was there and he was making excuses and Moses stood there and he made this statement, who is on the Lord's side? For Moses to make that statement, he had to identify and be confident in his calling. He knew that he was on the Lord's side. There were also people on the other side who would have argued that they were on the Lord's side. You see, and the same thing happens in churches today. But Moses just chose to be obedient. And so because Moses was being obedient to what God wanted him to do, and he was leading people in the direction that God wanted them to go, He allowed that to make the decision on who he was going to lose with simply by saying, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. Let him come to me. And of course, we know that the Levites came with Moses and then things got pretty sticky. But Moses identified his calling and then he obeyed God and he let the consequences of who he lost with be determined by his obedience and the direction that he was going. You see, we sometimes get it backwards, and by we, I primarily mean me. When we're worried about how someone's going to respond to what we know we ought to do, rather than being concerned that we're not being obedient to what God has called us to do because we're too worried about who we're going to lose. When instead, it is easier to say, who is, what is my calling? What does God want us to do? What direction should we be going? And I'm going to start going that direction. And anybody who wants to follow me, who is following the Lord, they can follow me. And if they don't, then, you know, they're going to separate themselves. I'm choosing who I want to lose with. I want to lose with the people who don't want to acknowledge that I'm following the Lord. I, boy, I know this is hard because everybody wants to say that they're the one who gets to decide. But, it, but that's a, there is no such thing as true congregational polity. True congregational polity is a myth. You won't find it anywhere in Scripture, and you won't find it working well anywhere in life. True congregational polity is a myth. That's why in politics, we don't just let We don't just announce our candidacy for office and then, you know, let people make up their own minds. People are out there trying hard to influence the minds and hearts of people because true congregational polity is a myth. Someone will listen to someone. People will listen to someone. So don't let someone hold you to some false guilt of, well, you're trying to be a lord over God's heritage. No, but I am an assistant manager and I'm responsible for leading this congregation. And the truth of the matter is there are a lot of diatrophies who desire to have the preeminence, but God hasn't given them the preeminence. God hasn't given them that role. They want the preeminence, which only belongs to Christ. And all I want to have is the knowledge that I'm an assistant manager here. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. As long as I'm in this position, I'm going to relay instructions and set a course. And I'm going to let my obedience and direction decide. Now, when that happens, that's going to separate things. And you are going to experience the loss that you fear. Maybe not as bad as you think. Sometimes it won't be what you think, but you are always going to experience some degree of loss. So the next thing is acknowledge the loss before it happens. 
So sitting in your armchair tonight, you're going to take some time with the Lord and you're going to identify your calling. Then you're, going to, then you're going to make a list of what is it that I believe God wants me to do. Maybe it's just one thing that you've been holding off doing. You probably already know what it is. Then you're going to set your course. Here's where we need to go. Here's where we are. Here's how we're going to get there. And you're going to determine, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start down this path. I'm going to lead courageously. And I'm, I, because it's not really my choice to make. I'm just an assistant manager. If I want to be a good, obedient assistant manager, I need to do what the, what the chief shepherd says. And who is he most likely to give that direction to? The grandmother sitting in the pews or the man that the Holy Ghost made the overseer? The man or men that the Holy Ghost made the overseer? So just be confident in that. Well, you're a dictator. You don't love people. You, you know that's not true, sir. Man, you know that that's not true. You know your heart is to serve God. And you know the reason that you're struggling so much with this is because you're not what they accuse you of being. If you were, you'd just do it. And you wouldn't even care. What I'm trying to encourage you to do is to make the decision, even though you care about their responses, you care more about being obedient to God. Let your obedience and direction decide. And then acknowledge the loss before it happens. Acknowledge it three ways, or do three things. Acknowledge it internally. Come to grips with it. Make a list if you need to. I'll probably lose with these people. I may actually lose these, these people. Acknowledge it externally. That is, give voice to it. When you stand up and you lead in that direction, it's fine to acknowledge. Don't apologize, but acknowledge. I know that some of you will not agree with this decision, but I believe this is the right thing to do, and this is the direction we're going so long as God allows me to be his under-shepherd in this congregation. I'm asking you to follow, but I'm going this direction. So acknowledge it. Let people know. I recognize when I do this. So, that, so it, it just saves people the time of coming to tell you, I was disappointed. with. You know, they came to Jesus and said, don't you know the Pharisees were offended at what you said? What did Jesus say? Just let them alone. They're blind leaders of the blind. Just leave them be. I came to do the will of my father. That means I'm going to lose with some people who don't want to do the will of my father. Hmm. Then thirdly, grieve that loss, but don't give in because of it. There have been times that I have led the way God wanted me to lead, and I have lost with people, and I have lost people, and losing people always hurts, Pastor. Losing friends always hurts. Losing influence in someone's life always hurts. But you know what hurts worse? Feeling stuck and feeling the internal tension of knowing what God wants me to do and being afraid to do it. So grieve the loss, but don't give in because of it. Because you're an assistant manager. Do what the boss says. There you go. That's the step. That's what you do. Now it's time to choose who you want to lose with. And you can do it. I would be glad to talk with you about that. I know there have been many times in my life, some even recently, when I desperately needed someone to help. And I know, pastor and Christian listening, sometimes it's not always safe. I don't mean that in the woke sense, but sometimes it's not always safe to express, especially amongst pastors. Pastors can be the most disingenuous and narcissistic and destructive group of people when they get together. Any weakness is like blood in the water. And so pastors learn to hide their doubts, learn to hide their struggles because... 
they even from other pastors because they're afraid of giving voice to them because they'll be attacked or ostracized or undermined in some way. I want you to know that I would love a chance to talk with you and help you. And I promise that I truly want to help you. We don't even have to agree about everything that you're doing, but I would be glad to help you. If you just need someone to talk through some things you're thinking, struggling with some doubt, struggling with some clarity, I would love to be able to talk with you. I know what it is to be stuck. I have been stuck in my life. I want to encourage you, if that's you, pastor, or anyone else listening, maybe you're a Christian and you're facing a struggle and you just, you, you don't have anybody to talk to in your circle that you trust to talk to because you're not always going to be in your situation. And I know what we fear oftentimes is if I talk to somebody in my situation about how I'm feeling and about what I'm going through, when I'm no longer in this case, they're going to keep bringing it back up. They're going to keep reminding me and th this is going to define me. And so we, we hold it in and the enemy keeps us in bondage. So if you want someone to help you, I would be happy to do that. And as many of you know, uh, because I've talked about it, I, I have recently started a business. I've been helping people for 20 years. And now I really want to spend some time helping people who are ready to make a change, who are ready to be held accountable, who are ready to get the help to move on in their life. It's not a moaning session. It's not a therapy session. It's it, but I can, I will come alongside you and help you formulate a, a plan, find the clarity and the perspective. God has used me to be able to do this in people's lives, both in ministry, which I love and in uh, secular careers and in individual people's lives. You can go to thispoorpastor.com. That would take you to a special page on my business website, or you can go directly to markfostercoaching.com and look at the information that's there. But I would be happy to talk with you about getting you unstuck and helping you. But I think if you just take the information I've given you today, this would get you on the way. If you have any questions, feel free at any time to reach out this poor pastor at gmail.com. How about that? Now, before I go, I just want to encourage you. Christian, you are loved by God. He has called you to do something for him. And he believes in you. Faithful is he who calleth you who also will do it. I ripped that right out of context. I don't know if that has anything to do with what I just said. But God is faithful. What God desires is obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. I know the internal stress. I've faced the physical impact of being disobedient to God while I blamed other people for the situation that I was in. It's not a healthy place to be. Sometimes you just need someone to say, you can do it. I believe that you can. If there's any way I can help, let me know. But you got this. You got this. Sometimes you just got to choose who you want to lose with. Choosing with God will always mean you're a winner. All right. That's it for this week. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy our time together. If this has been a blessing or a help to you, pass it along to someone else. Social media, on through a text, podcast platform, whatever. I'll be back, Lord willing, and if the creek don't rise next Monday with a brand new episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.